Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Welcome to Golf Talk Live with your host, Ted Odorico. Join Ted each week as he speaks with some of the best in golf. This week's special guest will join us a bit later. But first up is another great discussion on Coach's Corner. So let's introduce tonight's Coach's Corner panel. All right, good evening, everybody, and once again, welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, actually, part of it's been rescheduled from last uh, Thursday, uh, May 19th. We were supposed to have uh, this evening's special guest, and unfortunately, he uh, uh, was a little under the weather and had to cancel, and one of the uh, panelists also had to cancel due to uh, some circumstances that came up last minute, so we were kind of left cut short, so we decided to, uh, or rather, I decided to uh, cancel it and we were fortunate enough to get our guest rescheduled for this evening, so he'll be joining us, and I'll tell you a little bit about him in just a moment. Uh, but we're going to be joined by the panel here uh, as well. Uh, tonight on the Coach's Corner panel is John Hughes and Clint Wright, and I'll tell you about both of them in just a moment. But I want to share some uh, news I didn't get a chance because we were not able to um, air last week, uh, as I just mentioned. Uh, very good uh, friend and uh uh, one of the family, as, as we would put it uh, here on Coach's Corner and Golf Talk Live, uh, and also part of the Golf Tips Magazine family, uh, recently passed away. And I just wanted to share that uh, information. Of course, I'm talking about Tim Kramer. Uh, he would normally uh, be joining uh, Clint tonight on the Coach's Corner panel. He and, and Clint had been uh, sort of partnered, uh, teaming up, if you will, the last uh, few years on uh, towards the end of each month on the Coach's Corner panel. But regrettably, he lost... Uh, due to um, uh, some uh, last-minute illnesses that he'd been struggling with, and unfortunately he passed uh, uh, now almost uh, two weeks ago. But uh, what I wanted to mention was that they're having a celebration of life gathering for Tim, uh, which is going to be held on Friday, June the 3rd, uh, 3rd excuse me, from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, it's going to be held in the uh, Stewart, Florida area, which is just around the uh, Jupiter, Florida area, at a private uh, residence, I can uh, give you a uh, little more detail as we move along. But uh, also for those that are out of town that aren't going to be able to make it uh, to that uh, gathering, and it's a very uh, casual, it's not uh, a formal uh, gathering, it's just sort of no specific agenda or uh, schedule uh, or any specific speeches planned. It's just really a celebration of Tim's life, an opportunity to mingle and, and share some memories and jokes and even uh, some inspiration uh, with uh, one another as uh, we remember this uh, very well-loved uh, gentleman. And uh, there's also going to be, for those out of town uh, that want to participate, uh, they're going to be providing a Zoom link so people uh, can also Zoom in and, and kind of uh, uh, see everything that's going on. But uh, that will be provided. I don't have that yet, but when I do, uh, I will uh, provide that uh, for everybody on my social media platforms. Uh, currently, the general notice is up on my Facebook page. So if you go to Ted Odorico on Facebook, uh, you will see that front and center 
uh, all of that information. It gives you the address. I'm not going to give it to you here live on air now, but you can go to my Facebook page, and it will give you the address. If you're in the area and you want to attend personally, you can do so. Otherwise, um, I should have, hopefully, uh, sometime this weekend, I will have uh, the Zoom link, and I will also post that up there for those that might be interested uh, in attending. But uh, our deepest condolences to his family and particularly to uh, Julianne St. Aubin, who was his uh, partner and girlfriend uh, for a number of years. Um, she's obviously uh, very distraught at, at losing Tim, and uh, as are we, and we just want to give our best to her and, and uh, his family as well, and uh, our deepest heartfelt condolences and, uh, and compassion for, for losing uh, Tim. And, and as I mentioned here, uh, I'm going to introduce uh, the panel here. Uh, we're just waiting for one, John, but uh, I'll introduce them both anyways, and then John can join us. But uh, first up is Clint Wright. He's a 30-year member of the PGA and one of the partners at uh, TGM Golf. Uh, TGM Golf is a big proponent of the R3 approach and considered by me certainly uh, to be one of the best covering the short game uh, and a favorite here on Coach's Corner panel. Uh, also, uh, hopefully rounding out the panel is going to be John Hughes. He's a PGA Master Professional and the Honorary President of the North Florida PGA Section. And he was also the recipient of the 2013 PGA of America's Horton Smith Award. He's a Senior Editor and Golf Tips uh, Top 25 Instructor, uh, plus part of the Golf Tips uh, Advisory Staff. Uh, he's going to be joining us a little bit later on. And also, as I mentioned, our special guest who was going to be on last week is Joshua Dockstader. He's going to be joining uh, me a little bit later on. He's the general manager at Harbor Shores uh, Golf Club. Uh, but in the meantime, let me welcome uh, to the show my very special guest uh, here on the Coach's Corner panel, Clint Wright. Clint, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing I'm good, good, Dad. Thanks. That's good. Um, yeah, very sad. I know that you had, uh, you know, had the pleasure of, of uh, you know, getting to know Tim a little bit over the years as you guys. Uh, sort of partnered up and buddied up on Coach's Corner uh, this time of the uh, month, and um, it's going to be very sad. He's always had a lot of great input, and uh, he's going to be missed uh, by a lot of people, and, and uh, I know that uh, um, you had an opportunity to uh, certainly not get to know him a lot, but uh, get to uh, work with him a little bit in, in a roundabout way here on the Coach's Corner panel, so I'm sure uh, you were, as many of us were, were shocked to hear the news. Oh, absolutely. I was... Um... Yeah, um, I think I you cut out there, Tim. I'm not sure. Uh, Tim, sorry, <laughs> uh, Clint. Um, How about that? You got me now. Can you hear? Yeah, that's having a little yeah, storm. Yeah, that's good. You better. Okay. Yep. That's well, good. as we, as I was okay, as I was saying, um, yeah, I got to. I didn't never met Tim. I, I knew knew of him through his uh, experiences with golf and mind coaching, and and uh, it is tragic, and and we hope everyone. Uh, you know, it's going to be sad for a little while, but uh, life's got to go on. I think Tim would have been the first one to tell us that. And, and But I'm going to miss his thoughts of the day. I don't know if any of y'all were on his website yep. or subscribed to it, but I always got his thought of the day and always found them to be quite quite interesting. Uh, some of them are, <laughs> were a little bit on the edge, but uh, most of them were pretty good. Yeah, he always had uh, a lot of great information, and, and uh, of course, uh, he... Uh, was in charge of the uh, peak performance mind coaching was his uh, his business right. and um, he not only brought that to to the show but he also as I had mentioned briefly uh, had become part of the 
staff, if you will, contributing staff uh, since I'd taken over with Golf Tips magazine and uh, featured his um, his articles every uh, every issue and uh, um, had some great feedback on them as well. So I was very grateful, and he's certainly going to be missed on on that level. All right, we're going to move on, and as I said later in the broadcast uh, towards the end, I'll, I may uh, repeat uh, some of the information I did about uh, how you can uh, participate if you want. Sure. And, uh, again, I will also give the uh, the Zoom link uh, as well once it becomes available. All right, we're going to talk about uh, here are some I guess some tips if you will. Uh, for your next golf outing, I think this is a uh, a few good tips, and we'll keep an eye out for John. Hopefully, he'll uh, he'll make it uh, this time uh, sure. again. But uh, I know how I know how and we've talked about this before. How difficult sometimes it is uh, to come running from the golf course when you got lessons that run late. So I, I certainly appreciate it. Yeah. No, no ill will, John, if you're if you happen to uh, hear this later. Um, so one of the <laughs> things I, I think that I think one of the things that First and foremost, that I uh, we're going to talk about some physical things that can be done. But one thing I think, uh, Clint, that really needs to to happen is is to mentally prepare for your next round for whatever outing, whether it's a, a club championship that you're playing in, or or whether it's um, you know whether it's a, a scramble of some sort or a corporate event, what have you. Um, I think it's a good idea to sort of mentally prepare. Give me an idea if you would. Clint, on some of the things that, you know, over your career and, and what, that you've worked with students, and I know you don't necessarily focus specifically on the mental game, but I know you help prepare people. What were some of the things that you did to help them get their mind right, if you will, in preparation for whatever outing may be coming? Well, you know, back in my collegiate coaching days, I, I got college players prepared for events. I mean, and one of the things that I impressed on them that, and not to be argumentative with you, but it's really not mental preparedness. It's more right. emotional preparedness. Um, mm-hmm. it, mentally, we know we're going to play in the event. We know, you know what we're doing. We've got all of our stuff. But it really comes down to the emotions that change from what you'd call a, a company round of golf where we're just out playing and, and uh, working on things. That's leisure golf versus competitive golf. And we all experience it. The best players in the world experience it. There is a different emotional level. So the question that you have to answer for yourself is how do you, as an individual, control or manage the emotional change from, as we might want to talk about, the practice tee to the first tee? That's mm-hmm. kind of what you're talking about. And so it, it I've been interested in some of this for a long time. We don't talk about it much because I, sometimes I think we go down too many rabbit holes already. Um, right. But a lot of this comes down to, to how you control your breathing, what your body mechanics and, and, and uh, the, the biology of, of, of the nervousness or the emotions, how it changes you physically. And uh, one of the things that I have found to help me was um, – more or less paying attention to my breathing, making sure that I'm taking deep breaths. I'm not giving it the, I'm not holding my breath. You see people start getting nervous. They get tight and the tension level rises. And a lot of by your body's going, hey, you need to breathe here. Whatever you're doing, we need to get it over with now to where you can breathe mm-hmm. again. And so right. you, that tension level comes up. So I look at it as far as how is a person and it's a matter of discovery. I don't think there's any one right answer here uh, mm-hmm. because we all react to these things differently. So it's emotional. It's not mental. 
So you have to find a way that you can bring your heart rate down, you know, whether it's meditation or it's breathing, you know, shaking it out, whatever it is. If you want to see an example of it, if you go back and look at the video of Phil Mickelson last year at the PGA and watch him prepare to hit a shot, he stands there with his eyes closed, breathing deep, bringing down the tension and the heart rate and the emotional level before he hit a shot. And he's arguably one of the best players in our generation, obviously. And he was using that technique uh, to bring down his, his body tension in order to be able to swing. So I would encourage people to try different things. You know, research it. Find out how you bring your heart rate down and find which one works for you. Uh, but most importantly, to recognize it's not mental. It's definitely right. an emotional issue that may be a flight or fight type deal. That's all. Yeah, and I think just to, to add on to that, I think a lot of times we see players, especially our, our higher handicap players, bring a lot of baggage to the golf course. They're bringing past rounds that maybe didn't go that well or maybe last year's event if they're playing in a, you know, in an annual event. Uh, they remember things from like, well, I didn't drive that well last year. And even though they might do some things to work on those, they're still carrying those negative um, you know, thoughts, if you will. And again, that plays into the emotional side of things. And another right. part of the thing, too, that, that a lot of, I think, golfers, and this is what I want to move on to next, and it sort of encompasses what you've talked to, but there's other things as well that I want you to, to maybe get a little bit more specific. And that is some of the stresses and the anxieties out in the golf course. You know, we get out there, maybe we've had a, a bad shot or maybe even played a bad hole or two, and suddenly the anxiety levels start to come up. And I know we can revert back to some of the things you just mentioned, um, but is there anything else that we can do um, in your mind or based on your experience to help handle some of that stress and anxiety that, that happens? It happens to everybody, even the best players in the world. How do we overcome some of that or help or not necessarily overcome, but how do we combat right. uh, anxiety and stress while we're out in the golf course? Well, um, can you hear me, Ted? Yep. Okay. Uh, well, it's still storming around here. I'm just curious. Is that it lists, it's different levels. I think if you're a beginner or maybe a mid-90s shooter, you probably haven't gone in-depth into a, a routine, but you should. That to get yourself prepared to hit a shot is I was working with a, a good friend of mine this afternoon and talking about, well, I need to do this. Well, we got into a point that says, well, you need to remind yourself of this every time, that pre part of your pre-shot routine. So when you get off on a, you know, you know how you're out there, you, you get off to a decent start or maybe you get off to a rough start, I think it's always wise just to remove yourself from the situation a little bit, step off the side of the tee box, and try to remind yourself of that pre-shot routine. Are you doing what you plan to do? Mm -hmm. And that's where the confidence level comes in the shot. Am I prepared? And I, I learn to be prepared by how I practice. So it, it's right. always the thing I, I deal with putting. I said, do you know what the last thing you do in putting is? And the answer they don't want to know, well, the last thing you do in putting is hit the ball. Mm -hmm. Everything else about putting is preparing to be successful. And so if you learn right. the process that works for you that says, okay, if I do this, my chances of being successful are good. So if you get off to a good start, obviously you just want to stay on track and keep that going. But if the wheels run off a little bit, 
you need to step back and analyze, uh, am I going through that routine that I developed and found that, that settles me down and gives me my best chance of hitting a good shot? And if the answer is no, then you just have to rewind that. It's okay, I've got to get back on my routine. Because you have to find something that, that is going to, to lower down the tension and the anxiety. And what I have found with most players I've worked with at that level is they get back into their comfort zone of knowing that they have prepared properly. They've lined up right. They've, they've done their pre-shot, remind my body what I wanted to do. And then they get up over the ball a little more settled. Uh, putting is where we use it the most. I like to see a mm-hmm. person do an absolute rehearsal stroke. I don't want them mm-hmm. to create something at the moment of impact. I want them to reproduce something but not create it. Right. So if I'm standing up over that ball not really sure what I'm going to do, I haven't went through my routine, the chances of you lowering your emotional level and anxiety are zero. It's just not going to happen. Right. All right, so you have to go through, and it's a matter of discovery. I mean, you just don't fumble on this. You have to go through, okay, I tried this today. It didn't work so good. Well, try something a little different. Then you begin to develop those routines through discovery that work for you. I can tell you what would work for me, and I've had work for other players, and maybe it'll work for you, but the real point is is find out what works for you to bring it down. And without a doubt, it is a pre-shot routine that includes lining up and setting up, but most importantly, getting a good rehearsal of what you want your body to do. How are you going to try to hit this ball? You can do it with your driver all the way down to the putter. Know what you're going to do before you get up there. And then reproduce. Don't try to create something at the moment of impact. And then, therefore, your, your you mind know, will kind of settle down a little bit. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really great point because, you know, this is something that a lot of amateur golfers could take away from professionals because that's exactly what they do. Um, you know, all, yes. all players, it doesn't matter what level, um, we all get nervous. We all get a little anxious, um, you know, on the first tee. But the difference is the professionals have developed a routine that in a way is really a distraction. It, it, it's what they focus yes. on, but it distracts them from that anxiety and the stress level because they've got something tangible that they can focus on. They've got a routine that they have to go through. And when something happens that takes them out of that routine, then obviously that's an opportunity for that stress or anxiety to come in. So they automatically go through those steps. Again, that's why you see, you know, an example, you know, Tiger Woods. You know, he'll go through his routine. He'll get up there. He'll get ready to, to you know, swing the club. And all of a sudden a, clam, uh, a camera click will go off in the background. He'll stop midstream. Well, he doesn't just get up there and hit the ball. He goes through that routine again because something has distracted him. Something has taken him out of that routine. So he goes and Correct. repeats it again. And that's why it's mm-hmm. important to do that. It's not just about getting yourself into a rhythm and getting yourself, uh, you know, that's obviously important. But it's having a routine and an understanding and a preparedness, as you mentioned, of, of what it is you're about to do. And you do that for every single shot. The other thing, too, that a lot of really good players do is nobody, I don't care who you are, how mentally tough you are, can have and be focused for four and a half hours or four hours, whatever your round of golf takes. So what you have to do is in between shots, you have to relax and let your mind, you know, temporarily, if you will, think about something else. Enjoy the walk. Look around. Enjoy the nature, whatever it is. And don't be so rigid until you get up to the ball again and you're ready to do your next shot. Then you go through that routine again. And I think if you do that and allow yourself to decompress in between, 
that is going to help greatly, I think, with the anxiety and stress during the Without a doubt. It, one thing you bring up, Tiger, is that I, I think that I'm going to say this right, but in his putting, every putty hit took 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, 17 yep. seconds. That was his routine. He got into it and go. But one thing I'd like to add to that is that everything we're talking about, it takes work to learn those things. You, as well right. as most any golf teacher or professional, can watch a group of people practicing and tell you who the players are by how they practice. Oh, yeah. The players, <laughs> by, by okay, far. The players, the players never drag and hit. Right. They're, pra- they're practicing the entire shot, which in their mind means preparatory, get ready, hit the shot, start over. Yep. The the exactly. ha- you know, I don't want to call them hackers, but the, the, the not accomplished players are hit and drag, hit and drag. So with that in mind, be a player. You know, start from behind it. That's where your shot starts from. And you have to learn mm-hmm. that just as well as you learn on how to move the club through the space. It's all part of it. Right, and you have to be consistent with it as well, because that's the other thing. You mentioned about Tiger's putting at 17 seconds. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to do 17 seconds. Yours might be 20 no, seconds. No, me neither. But you, you ha- right. but you have to be consistent with what you do in your pre-shot routine, because that's the other problem that allows those opportunities for stress and anxiety to creep in is mm-hmm. because you get one minute, you get up there, and maybe you're, you're doing two waggles, and you're looking up at the ball once or twice, uh, whatever, whatever your routine is. Um, right. And then the next time you're doing something completely different, and mm-hmm. the next time it's something different again. So there's no consistency. So you have to be consistent. Whatever, like you said, whatever works for you is what you want to put together, and that's something that your teacher can help you with if you're working with a professional. They can help you develop right. a routine that's going to be good for you, that's going to work for you, and more importantly, they're going to help you to keep it consistent. And if you take that to the golf course with you, all of these other distractions um, are going to just – really fall away you're not it's not that you're not going to notice certain things uh, but you're going to be able to overcome them much easier because you're going to be able to have the ability to get back into that routine and you're going to be as you said a player as opposed to just somebody that's sort of hacking their way around the golf course this brings me that's to right. another point that i want i want to touch on and this sort of again sort of follows up with what we just talked about and and that is disappointment we're all going to hit some bad shots, play some bad holes, have some bad rounds. Handling disappointment is another thing. That sort of follows after after we hit the bad shot, after we play the bad hole. How we handle that emotionally is going to dictate how we move forward. What are your thoughts here? Well, well certainly we all I I don't <laughs> think I've ever heard of anybody play that, you know, I guess the, every quote you can imagine has been contributed to Ben Hogan, but, uh, you know, he's, he always said he only hit two or three good shots around. You know, now right. obviously that was maybe at a different level of acceptance. But, you know, if you look at how the best players play, and this is how I judge my shots, okay, is that mm-hmm. did I hit it at my intended target? That's the most important thing. Because if mm-hmm. I hit it where I'm lined up, I'm very rarely going to hit it into trouble. It may be a little short, might be a little long, you know, but did I hit it at my intended target? If I did that, I'm okay with the shot I hit. Okay, period. 
I know for a fact today I'm going to miss hit some balls. I'm not going to hit them all flush in the middle of the club. I'm going to catch some a little bit low, a little bit high. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not out there. I'm not out there practicing five hours a day. You know, I know I'm going to miss hit some, but if I can get it towards the target I'm looking at, then I'm okay with that shot. So I think you have to set some realistic goals and understanding of what you accept. You know, we use the word, you know, that it's acceptable or it's commercial. You know, well, that'll do, you know. (laughs) And then you learn to chip and putt. You know, that's what it comes down to. So if you're out there trying to think that you're going to flush every shot right at your target, you're going to be a very frustrated individual playing this game. You know, so I think if you take the average player, let's say, you know, 80 to to 95 shooter, if they can generally get the ball moving down range inside the trees, Mm -hmm. then that's an acceptable shot. Was it their best one of the day? Well, absolutely not. But it certainly is not hitting any foul balls. You know, the, the average player out there just needs to eliminate the foul balls like we all do. You know, we're all going to hit a few foul balls. All right. But the thing of it is, is that you have to have a, you know, you can define realistic goals or acceptance level by anything you want to. But but you have to understand how much time are you putting into your game? How much practice time are you playing? And then really what value do you get out of that? You know, if you're going out there and maybe hitting balls once a week, and you can get the majority of your shots in the air and downrange towards your target, that's a pretty good guy if you can chip and putt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're doing that, I think what that does, it, it lowers your frustration level. Your tension level will come down. You have a whole lot better time. And to be honest with you, you stand a much better chance of hitting a good shot for your next one. Right. You know? Uh, so I think it really comes down to... If people would just say, look, if I started out down my target line or close to it, get the ball up in the air, we'll re-, you know, then that's acceptable. If I want to do better than that, I have to evaluate how much time I'm spending to be better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're, you know, so if I'm out there practicing four or five days a week and I'm really working, then I bring that expectation level up some. But if I'm not, then you have to realize how much, you know, what are you putting into it to get something better than that out of it? And if you're not practicing a lot, then be realistic about what you would expect out of that limited amount of practice, and that's to move the ball down the target line within reasonable distance, and then uh, your score is going to be uh, dictated by how well you chip and putt. That's what it comes down to. Right. Right, and I think something just to add on to that last uh, comment there that you made uh, about the score itself. I think if you're uh, a much higher handicapper, and I'm not suggesting doing this if you're playing in an event, obviously you have to keep score. But if you're just playing for fun, um, you know, don't focus on the score. You know, keep track of things. Keep track of how many putts you made. How many, you know, your stats. In other words, uh, and there's a lot of great apps out there if you're, if you're a little bit uh, uh, more, you don't even actually be, have to be tech savvy. But uh, I personally like to, to jot them down. But if you're somebody that has uh, acquired some of the apps that are out there that will help uh, track some of these statistics for you uh, or certainly help you, uh, you know, by all means, I think that's a good thing. But I think to, to not focus on the score, um, that can help eliminate a little bit of the disappointment because obviously you know – what range you're you're playing in right now anyway. So you don't really need to know the scores, but I'm not saying don't mark it down, but I'm saying don't focus on, don't sit there, you know, keep counting all the way along and say, well, if I get, 
you know, birdie the last two holes and at least par, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break 90 um, right. and, and less or break 100 maybe, uh, maybe a better example to use. Um, and, and just focus on the process. Focus on, like you said, getting it down the fairway um, and get yourself into a scoring position. Um, and then keep track of things so that you can evaluate them after the round and when you're back together with your with your golf professional, you can go over that. Mm-hmm. Um, but focusing on the score is another way, I think, of um, adding disappointment because you're going to look at that and you're going to say, well, I was really hoping I was going to make that uh, par on here and I ended up double bowing. So now all of a sudden, again, that anxiety right. and stress comes in because you're not meet, meeting the marks that you set for yourself. So I think sometimes, right. um, you know, focusing on the process as opposed to, the the result or score now the result of the shot yeah you want to focus on that i didn't hit it my best that's okay mark it down make a note if you need to and then evaluate it a little bit later in the round when you're done but don't sit there and drag all that along but i think sometimes people focus too much on the score uh when they don't need to um when you get to be a better player and you're you're more consistent you know then you can sort of add that back in and obviously if you're playing in an event you have to but uh but I think yeah, let, let, me that, add, let me add something. Yeah, let me add something into this before we go to the next thing. Is it? It's more about accomplishment than score. Yes. And mm-hmm. and I never realized that until I was around high school golf for a little while. My daughter was mm-hmm. uh, the coach at one of the local high schools. Well, during the high school daily matches, they played double par. That's the most you can make. Okay. Mm-hmm. You hit it six times on a par three, you pick it up. You made a six. Mm -hmm. Well, it was unbelievable the excitement and the happiness that you saw in some of these players when they actually got around nine holes without having to call double par. Okay? So the score was still way high, but they accomplished getting nine holes in without having to, to, to go to double par. You know, they got mm-hmm. they got it in under they they made double and triples. You know, they didn't have double pars, mm-hmm. and so it's a again. I think what we're talking about, not necessarily the score, but the accomplishment. Yeah, are you getting better? I always start out my students with double par, pick it up, putt out, and then once you get to that level, then you keep some score. But it's about accomplishment mm-hmm. from the starting point to where you're at now and where you may want to go. It's a yeah. It's a matter of prioritizing. Uh, things and, and right. it, you know I always looked I always looked at things um, when I you know my background also with sales and you know people obviously you, you want to focus on sales to a certain degree but there's a process there's a there's a pattern that you go through if you will there's a steps that you have to take in order to be successful in sales and if you're focusing on the money and focusing on well, how much I'm going to make or how much I'm going to do that then you're not really focusing on the things that you need to. And what I've always learned growing up in, in working in business and that is if you focus on the process, the sales will take care of itself. And it's the same thing in golf. If you focus on the process, working on your technique, working on things, I'm not talking about in the course, I'm talking obviously in your practice sessions, um, and then work on utilizing those skills that you've now developed out in the range, take them out into the golf course, and you'll begin to start seeing yourself improve. It's going to take a little while because golf is not an easy game. But if you focus on those things and practice those things, the end result will, you'll start to score better because you're playing better. And so that's why I always say don't focus on the score. When I get you know newer players uh, or even younger players coming out that have not had a lot of experience in golf, 
I don't even focus. I, I mean, I'll mentally keep note of the, of the score, but I don't really have them focus on it because we're working through a process. And I think that's where especially a lot of new people coming to the game right now could benefit greatly. Don't worry about the score right now. Let's, let's work on getting you, getting the ball into positions that are going to be beneficial for you on that hole. So getting it into the fairway or getting advancing it down the fairway, getting it into scoring positions, working on your putting, your short game, other areas of the game that are important that are going to help you score better ultimately. And when you do that and do that with a process and with a pattern, then ultimately the score, as I said, is going to take care of itself. And that's what I've always tried to do. And I think that's why you see some people are more successful than others, whether it's in life, uh, in business, or uh, out in the golf course. It's because they're more in tune with what the process needs to be and not so much on the end result. The end result will take care of itself if you're working through the processes. Last point I'm going to make. Um, Another one, Clint, I think that's important is and we've talked about this many times, but how to prioritize your time on the range. This is one that everybody, you know, you alluded to a little bit, you know, the rake and hit. We see that all the time with a lot of, uh, you know, of our hackers out there or high handicappers. I don't like to use the, the term hacker either, but let's call it what it is. What are your thoughts here? What's the best way to to utilize your time if you're going to spend some time on the range? And I'm, let's differentiate first because there's two options here. There's the guy that wants to go out and work on certain things, and then there's the warm-up before the round. That's, that's entirely different than the guy that's working on his game. So let's tackle uh, the first one here. How do you prioritize your time uh, on the range when you're working through the process, as it were? Okay. Well, I, I think there's, there's two different factors or two different levels you can talk about is that if I'm playing, let's say I'm a a single-digit handicapper, so Mm -hmm. I'm playing, I've got my stats. I know over the past five rounds my driver was in the fairway, you know, whatever my trouble area is, that's where I'm going to spend the most of my time trying to to work myself through those problems. It's like for me right now, I've, I've been playing a little bit, Two days ago, I played, and I, I drove the ball terribly. So this afternoon, between rainstorms, I went out and worked on my driver to mm-hmm. get a feel for it. You know, But I knew that because I kept my stats. I knew how many fairways I was hitting, how many putts I had. And so I'm going to look at my entire game. I've got, I look at it not on the range, but I've got two hours to work on my, my playability. Mm-hmm. And so where do I need to spend it? Maybe I spend it in the bunkers or around the greens chipping or, or putting. It's not in that particular player's uh, realm to just say, I'm going to go hit balls on the range. Okay. Um, now, with that player, they're going to go with their stats and go to their trouble area, and they're going to work through that. Now, they will come back through and refresh themselves for a few shots on what they're doing good. They're, they're going to get a maintenance attitude about, their mm-hmm. iron game or their drivers or whatever. I'm going to hit a few balls just to keep that going. But they're going to spend most of their time working on those areas they've identified through their playing stats. Now, with that player, their warm-up routine is nothing more, in my opinion, than rhythm. Go out and try to find mm-hmm. a rhythm of the day. You're going to do your stretching. You're going to get your body, you know, the muscles pulling some blood in, and you want to stretch out and loosen up. Uh, and go from there. It's not obviously we've talked about it. It's not a time to try to find your swing. You either got it today or you don't. 
And, and I think the players recognize that. They're going out, trying mm-hmm. to loosen up, get themselves emotionally prepared and relaxed to go play, get focused on their routine, get focused on their playability. Now, if you look at, let's say, maybe the, the mid, mid-teens handicap or above, I'm hoping they're working with an instructor that's going to give them guidance on their practice time, what they need to work on the most to improve. Is it mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're moving laterally or are they, are they doing, you know, coming up off of the ball too soon? Are they swinging too fast and don't have the proper hip rotation? They're getting the club outside or getting it inside. Whatever their instructor has identified about their movement through the space to hit a golf ball, that's what they need to be spending their time on. And to be honest with you, uh, if you're not getting some minimal amount of instruction, it's hard to find those things because you're just right. bouncing around guessing, okay? So I would spend the majority of my time working on those aspects that my instructor have given me specific ways of doing it, work on the drills, get your body in shape, and then whatever time you have to practice that day, take half of it and spend on the putting green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you knew I was going there, okay? <laughs> because right. you, you have to, you, okay? yeah. And so you you still have to put the ball in the hole, okay? But so spend a little time each practice session on putting to find, you know, and work on some things your instructor's showing you there, or simply just get out and, and hit some putts to where you keep a feel for it. You know, if you play once mm-hmm. a week, you got to kind of keep that feel going if you can. So it really comes down to the the single digit handicapper or player is going to spend the majority of their time where their stats show them that they need to work. And the uh, beginner to high handicapper are going to spend the majority of the time where their instructor tells them they need to, to work, uh, whatever yeah. aspect it is. Okay, And that's obviously where you spend the most of your time. Well said. Now let's move on to a warm-up. This is something entirely different. A lot of people um, sure. don't really understand what the purpose is here. This is something, uh, what I mean, obviously, and I know you're going to agree, what we're talking about here as a warm-up is before you're about ready to play. So if you've got a, a 1 o'clock tea, uh, tea time, let's say, and you've, you've arrived at the course, you've got, maybe had a little bite to eat, and you're going to go out to the range uh, and warm up, what are we doing in a warm-up here? Um, how much time should we realistically allow for a warm-up in most cases? And you can do a split if you want to do it with the better players and the not-as-good players, um, what, what they should be focusing on during their warm-up. Well, I think this is one case where the two could probably be together because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're either going to be an accomplished player or they're a learning player. So, but the whole problem is getting ready to play today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, again, when I was coaching, I'd have five guys in the bus, and I'd have one wanted 15 minutes, and the next guy wanted two hours, you know, to, to get ready. <laughs> um, you know, so you, it's all a little individual. But if you look at a generic thing, um, you know, I would like to have personally about 30 minutes to warm up. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to basically hit a few wedges just to get my body moving. Do after a stretch mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm notorious for not stretching. I just want to hit some balls. You know, let me, let me make some swings. Other guys like mm-hmm. to stretch a little bit, and, and then they, they make some swings. But to me, I want to understand, and this is the last thing I do, 
get my body loosened up, you know, get stretched out, get going, hit a few wedges, hit a few seven irons. And but before I leave that practice tee, before it's my turn to play, I'm going to hit the drive. I'm going to hit on number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rehearse that shot. Okay. You see a lot of players that, that with they got a little longer time to practice, like on a a day before the event, they may hit three or four shots or more shots that they know they're going to play that day. You mm-hmm. know, I know I'm going to have to hit a little fade on number two, so I want to hit a little fade to get, you know remind myself of that. So I'm going to hit that first drive. Just leave that as a good impression. Okay, here's what I'm going to do on that first tee. I got that figured out. I feel loose enough I can do that. And then I'm going to go on and hit a couple of putts um, and move on to my tee time. And I think that's a good routine for anybody that's going out to play. Take about a half hour, get there a little early. One thing I want people to recognize is if you have a 10 o'clock tee time, that means at 10 o'clock you're teeing off. That's not that you're getting there at 10 o'clock. You know, you know, <laughs> right. be early. Yeah. You know, you know, so get there just a little early, and, you know, that's, that's just a bit of advice. That's all. Um, and yeah, give yourself a little time to get in there. But I think it's pretty much a generic thing of, of – of, uh, going through the process of stretching out and hitting a few shots, but I do, like I said, like to hit that first tee shot to know, you know, get a little confidence going. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, a great warm-up uh, suggestion. And you're right, you want to make sure you arrive there uh, early enough that, you know, you've checked in, the, the um, they know, you know, if you're into the pro shop, you've registered at the pro shop, they know you're in there, you're, you're with your group, and then now you can take a, some time to get out there and, and um, you know, and warm up before you go. And I agree with with you. I think the last thing you want to do is um, to rehearse that uh, that drive, hit that drive that you're going to have on the first tee, because that's that's going to dictate how you start off the round. And if you don't rehearse that, if you're not visualizing that in your mind, what you've got to do at the first tee, then some of the other things that we talked about earlier, the anxiety, the stress, starts to moment uh, build momentum because you haven't really practiced or rehearsed that. So I think that's a great way to do that. I'm going to bump into one here just because you mentioned about the lack of stretching and that and that is about golf fitness um and i'm not talking about you know i think a lot of people think fitness you know i i belong to a gym and i i go and work out and that but i don't you know i'm not lifting uh you know a ton of weight and things like that mine's more to help with my flexibility and and uh, and certainly to to keep toned and whatnot but um Golf fitness is important as well because, you know, especially as we get older, you know, we're, we don't have the same flexibility, the same momentum that we once did. Right. But it's still important to keep some sort of a, a routine going. What would you suggest? If, you know, use yourself as an example. What do you, I mean, you know, you don't have well, to be hitting the gym or anything like uh, that, but what do you suggest well, no. to do to keep no, no, no. the golf muscles uh, in shape? Well, I, I think it's as much as you can mimic what the golf swing does. I mean, you know, I personally have been uh, investigating uh, hip rotation, okay, trying mm-hmm. to get a little bit more hip rotation in my swing. So you start investigating why you can't do it, and you find out that your hips are all locked up, so you need to get the hip flexors moving. And so, the, and, <laughs> and honest to goodness, there are millions of videos on YouTube about, golf fitness and stretching and exercises to do. But the most important thing I could guess from an observation, I don't see too many muscle guys out on the golf course doing real good. So it's not about getting bulked up or whatever. So if you go to a gym and you tell a person, hey, I'm a golfer, I want to get stronger golf-wise, then you may get a little puzzled look 
because they really don't quite understand what you're asking them. And it's okay. I, I'm not trying. To, I'm not being negative. So they just don't deal with that on a regular basis. They deal with the guys and the ladies that want to come in and build a little mass, you know, and be bodybuilders, and that's wonderful. If that's what they want to do. There's nothing wrong with it. And mm-hmm. but golfers generally need more flexibility, obviously, more elasticity, if you want to call it that, and more snap back. Yep. That that transition back, and um, so. Not to not to be overly uh, commercial here, but I've been talking with a group of guys, and, and I think that they're a unique combination of physical therapists and golfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have got some they got some great stuff out on YouTube. You can find them. I'm not gonna not gonna plug them right here, but it's out there. And that's the person I would look to. Uh, to help you understand. Now, you can go, I think is what I'm about to say is extremely important, you need to assess your level of flexibility before you start on any of these programs. And mm-hmm. we have all know the TPI, the Titleist Performance Institute assessments. The group that I uh, have been in touch with, they use a very similar process of, of evaluating how far you can get your arms to go back, how far you can get your hip rotator to move. Those are extremely important things for you to do before you venture off into a, a fitness program that's designed by anyone. Because if right. you, you you go out there and you're not, you can't hardly move your leg and you jump on this fancy exercise, you're going to do more damage. You're going to be so sore, maybe pull, you know, be where you can't play golf for a while. So, <laughs> so um, you know, we've all got that enthusiasm sometimes, but every now and then it just kind of gets away from us. Um, so do those, go through those assessments out there and find it. But it's really complicated and difficult sometimes to find your local source. Uh, for fitness, your YMCA's usually have good programs. Um, you know, I've reached an age now where, through um, the Senior Solutions here, they have exercise programs for us senior citizens. You know, <laughs> it's not a bad yep. place to start because they, uh, yep. you know, we joke about it, but it's just they deal yep. with people that are in their 60s and 70s. They know those exercises to help that. And if you're a golfer, it just can't it can't hurt. Uh, so yeah. go through online, find the assessments, and then look for your local sources to help you with those assessments and exercises. Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. And, and there are a lot of great golf fitness instructors out there. You want to make sure that whoever you're uh, getting your information from is a certified golf fitness instructor. Because, uh, yes. And I'm all for, you know, there's a lot of great uh, YouTube videos, but you know, as, as the old saying goes, buyer beware. Be careful of oh, uh, getting solicited advice from somebody that's not uh, specifically trained in that. And like you mentioned, the TPI is a great. Uh, there's a, lo- a ton of TPI certified uh, fitness instructors right. out there for golf, and um, yeah, even many of the golf professionals now are getting their certifications in that because they recognize the, yes. the value of, of, uh, of that. So, yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of great things to, to view online. It's a great way of gathering information, but you want to make sure you do your homework because you don't want to do something. Uh, and, and the other thing is it has to be age-appropriate. Here's something, too, and, and it's the same thing with instructions. Mm. Uh, and I'm not knocking uh, any level of instructor, but here's something that people have to understand. If you've got an instructor who's 25 years old, let's say, or even 30 years old, and you're 65, 70 years old, 
there are things that doesn't mean that they don't know anything. The problem is that they're going to have much more flexibility and they're going to be able to do things that maybe you and I, Clint, are not going to be able to do. And I'm forgetting that we're instructor for a second, but I'm just checking if we were Joe Citizen out there. The problem that I right. see is when you're watching somebody that's not in your camp or not even close to your camp, the problem you have to be careful of is, you know, when they talk about generating more speed, well, they're, they're talking to a, a younger demographic who has that flexibility, who has that ability to do things that maybe you and I can't do to the same level. Now, that doesn't mean we can't work towards things, but you have to be careful of that because I've, I've noticed that a lot by watching some of the videos. And I see these guys, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, increase their club head speed, and they're doing these exercises and these things. And it's not that they're not good, but it's not designed for somebody that's 75 years old. So you have to be careful. Well, that. You have to do yeah. things that are right. You, do you, you understand what I'm going with that? You oh, have to be and, careful and the other of that. Thing, you, you have to because, I, you know, I go through and I look. You know, I've, I've been teaching a long time, and, and so you're always looking for the new approach, you know, something different or whatever. But I'm always skeptical of the, I can get you 15 yards with a secret move in oh, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It ain't going to happen, folks. I mean, we all know that, okay? So I'm not, you know. But I I do agree with Ted here is that if you're looking for an instructor, you know, find one that matches you. And, you know, I can teach down. I can teach a 20-year-old. Yep. But maybe not a 20-year-old can teach somebody at 65, you know. And so, so you look for the person that says, that actually has the, I don't want to say compassion, but it's kind of what it is. You know, here's what you can do, and here's how you can maximize what you can do. That's what you're looking for. How mm-hmm. somebody can help you get fundamentally sound and get you as much out of what you're capable of doing as you can get. That's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it's the same thing with exercising and doing, uh, you know, the, the fitness correct. part of it as well. You know, you, you have to do things that are age-appropriate. And that doesn't mean that you, you, you're not going to build strength or you can't build flexibility. But there are certain inalienable, inalienable facts that when you start getting older, there are some things that you are just not going to be able to do as easily as you once did, in some cases not at all. So you have to be realistic. It goes back to what you talked about a, a while ago, and that is right. being having your expectations realistic. Now, that doesn't mean you can't find ways to, to help gain some extra distance or do things to, uh, uh, you know, to help with your accuracy and things like that, um, and certainly your flexibility. But you have to be conscious of the fact that there are some things that your body at some point in your life is not going to be able to do as easily as it once did. And that's just the cold, hard facts and the cold, hard truth. And I think most yeah. people have, have come to grips with that. But it's sometimes, you yeah, know, I maybe. see people... You know, I, I've seen it at, you know, I, when I was at Pinehurst a few weeks ago and, you know, I was listening to right. some of the car, you know, as you're walking around, you're hearing conversations. Sure. And I hear some of these, you know, more senior people talking about stuff and I'm just shaking my head. I was like, come on, guys. It's just not going to well, happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Give, but I'm going to give you a little secret, okay? This is this is the $1,000 secret is that if you – and I'm, I'm just experiencing this myself, okay? So I'm talking about myself right now. When you find that you can't hit it far enough – just move up a tee. That's right. That's all you got to do. That's Just it. move up a tee. You know? That's right. That's what I did. You compete with these young guys, go up there and play from the white tees. Who cares? Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. I mean, I could still hit a good. Yeah. I could still hit just a good ball, up. but I've I've moved up. Yeah, I've moved up to the white tees because you know I tee. watch some of these young guns come up, and yeah, it's they're just yeah. it is what it is. L- last thing we're going to yeah. touch on, and again, we're not going to get into a big conversation because it's very much like the fitness, sure. and that is really right. nutrition. Um, oh, listen, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm for one. I want people to have a good time when they're playing. You know, you, the cart girls coming by, and you know, people are grabbing sure. snacks and things like that. But um, I also see people scarfing down a chili dog and you know, uh, <laughs> a, a couple of beers and whatever, and you know, and I'm I'm all for having a good time. But I think you right. also have to be realistic too. There comes a point in time. That if you're not eating, and, and again, once in a while is okay. Hey, we all splurge, but if you're eating sure. unhealthy all the time, that's going to affect your play as well. Let's be honest; it's going to affect your play because you're not going to have the energy, right. or you're you're spiked up before you, you you're around because you've had right. a, two or three right. cups of coffee or or a sports, uh, you know, an energy drink or something, and all of a sudden right. it falls and you start to crash. You've got to be smart about it. You've got to be eating healthy for right. the most part. And again, if you want to have that chili dog or if you want to have a beer, hey, I'm all for that too. But if you're smoking two packs of cigarettes a day and you're, you know, oh, yeah. drinking two or three wet Red Bulls a day and, you know, you're eating unhealthy, that's going to affect your golf game. What's your thoughts? Go well, ahead. Let me have well, it. Well, yeah. Yeah, look, yeah. Well, I, you're, you're talking to the wrong guy. But, you know, you're absolutely right. But, you know, and we see all kinds. And, and I've been in this business a long time like you have, so you see all kinds. But, you uh-huh. know, I normally, we'll, we'll, if when we're playing, we'd see off, for, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. You have had your morning uh, meal of some kind or another. You know, and generally we, we go around. Most of the guys that I play with, they don't drink on the golf course. Okay, uh, we'll play 18 holes. We have a ham and cheese at the turn, and we have our two beers when we get done, and we have a yep. great time. Uh, you know, and we see people that we on occasion they take their six pack with them. They're having a great time. You know, and, and we have a, a perfectly good rule about it. You know, as long as you're not interfering with somebody else, have a good time. Have as good a time as you can have. But if you're going out to play golf, you know. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, that's just a general life uh, theory. I mean, you have to eat right and take care of yourself, regardless of whether you're playing golf or not. And um, But you're right. I mean, I, I think Bobby Jones, in one of the books that I read about his competitive life, you know, back when he was competing a lot, they played 36 holes a lot of times, a morning match and afternoon yep. match. And he, mm-hmm. he, he could always win the morning match, but he'd lose the afternoon match. Well, he finally right. discovered that that big lunch and ice cream he had between rooms was it was affecting his play. So right. he stopped having that big lunch. You know, so you you scarf down that chili dog and two beers at a turn. You just got to figure you're not going to play as good on the back nine. That's just the way it is. You know, you're right. So make up your mind what's more important to you. You know, that's yeah. that's what it comes I, down to. I, but I, you're right. I mean, I'm we like, joke about it, but you have to take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I, I'm like you. I, you know, I want people to have fun, and, and you know, I, one of the interesting things at, at Pinehurst that I noticed was <laughs> quite a few people coming in. By the time they were coming in off the 18, um, you know, they, were, they, they had some they red no, they had some red noses, and <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and it was cool. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Company expense uh, counts, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, but I'm like I'm like you, you know. 
I like to have it at the end of the round. You can sit and have a couple of drinks, relax, and and whatnot. Sure. And that's exactly what I did. And you know, I'm not I'm not Perfect. 25 anymore, so I I can't handle it like I used to, anyways. But you know, yeah. I really wanted to touch on some of these things because. Again, everybody, especially now as we as we roll into uh, you know into the summer months here coming up, and next month we're rolling into summer, and everybody wants to go out and have a good time. There's a lot of new people to the golf course. There's a lot of uh, uh, seniors on the golf course, and a lot of longtime golfers that have been playing for years that uh, are coming back and and getting out there. The you know the the summer's going to be here pretty much all across the country, hopefully, and uh, as the cold weather moves eases down the road. Uh, we want people to have fun, but we also want people to uh, be conscious of what they're doing out there. And, and you know, hopefully some of the tips that we talked about tonight will help prepare you for that next outing, whether it be, again, your club champion or a corporate event or just your, your, your buddy foursome that you play with every week. Um, just sure. keep mindful of some of the tips that we talked about. And as Clint pointed out, there's a lot of great, you know, if you're interested in maybe learning a little bit more about fitness, there's a lot of great uh, TPI fitness instructors that you can find online and find someone in your area that you can work with. Or even ask your pro. Most pros do know somebody. If they're not connected directly, they may know somebody that is uh, golf fitness certified nowadays, and they can maybe point you in the right direction. But that's due. And try to eat a little bit better. Have fun. Have your drinks. (laughs) But try to heat a little bit better too, so that yeah. uh, you can be out there and actually enjoy certain play. And uh, and if you're really playing lou- uh, lousy, then you know maybe you might want to have a couple more drinks on the back nine just to yeah. ease the pain. It'll get better. But uh, <laughs> it gets better. Yeah, it gets better before it gets worse. Well, Clint, thank you. Uh, uh, apologies from John. He, uh, as I suspected, was with a, a student that ran a little bit later. No, and he no just problem. was not going to make it. Yeah. But uh, he knew yeah, he knew I was in good hands with you. So, but, oh, yeah, um, thank you as always, that, yeah. Clint. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Thank I enjoy the shows and and uh, passing along to John, I'll I'll drop him a note and and uh, I'll also drop you a note shortly uh, about the group that I've been kind of investigating with the physical therapy and fitness and you okay. can yeah, talk to them and see what you think. Yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah, good for sure. Def- but definitely always enjoyed it. Um, and uh, if anybody wants to contact me, they can uh, ClintGolf001 at yahoo.com. I'll respond back to them and. Uh, Look forward to hearing from some folks, and and, I look forward to next month. All right. Thanks, my friend. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. I know that some storms brewing in the area, so hopefully uh, and uh, go finish bailing out that boat. Bail out that boat. (laughs) Okay. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Clint. You too. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. All right, Clint Wright uh, joining me here on the Coach's Corner panel. And as I mentioned, John Hughes, uh, unfortunately, was not able to make it. He did message me uh, through the show and uh, sends his apologies and regrets that, uh, unfortunately, he had uh, got tied up at the golf course, as sometimes happens and uh, with the guys. And, and I totally understand that that's a priority. Their jobs are uh, a big priority. We always love to have them on the show, but uh, sometimes they just can't make it. So uh, his apologies uh, were sent, and uh, I appreciate it, John, and we look forward to the next time. All right, before I bring on tonight's guest, uh, here's a quick message from Golf Tips Magazine. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. 
Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, and welcome back. And before we move on, I'm just going to let the folks know, uh, speaking of golf tips, the uh, July-August issue uh, is now on its way to the printers and uh, should be on sale uh, June 21. That's uh, Tuesday, June the 21st. We'll hit newsstands then, uh, so you can get your, your hot little hands on that. Uh, if you want to just check out the magazine, maybe you're not a subscriber and you want to see what the magazine's all about. Uh, June 21st, it's available. Um, some of the more common places, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million are some of the bigger chains that carry them, but you can find that most newsstands uh, around the country and uh, up in Canada as well. Uh, but you can subscribe to the magazine. Go to golftipsmag.com. Uh, That's golftipsmag.com. And you subscribe to either, uh, you can subscribe to the print version uh, and or the digital version of the magazine or both. There's ways to do that. And uh, if you enter golftips21 in the promo code, uh, you get a little bit of a savings there. Right now for print only, uh, you can get uh, all six issues for the year uh, for 9.99. So if you go, and that's good until June 30th, so you want to make sure you do that, go to golftipsmag.com and under the print uh, section, just click on print. And uh, if you order a subscription, you can get it for 9.99 by entering promo code golftips21. All right, I'm excited to have tonight's uh, guest. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, unfortunately, he was a little under the weather last week, uh, but he quickly rescheduled for this week. So I'm excited to have him. Uh, I'm going to introduce him, um, Joshua uh, Doxtater. He is the general manager at Harbor Shores uh, Golf Club in Mix Michigan. And over 20 years' experience in the hospitality industry with over 15 relating to golf course and resort operations. Uh, oversee all operations at the Harbor Shores Resort and assist with the uh, KitchenAid Senior PJ Championship in 2022 and 2024. Uh, is recognized as a leader in player development and a top 50 U.S. kids teacher. Uh, as uh, designated on the honorable mention list, uh, 2012 PJ Southwest Section Player Development winner uh, for growing the game uh, with programs exceeding over half a million in revenue annually. Uh, he's experienced in brand design and management, uh, and uh, it's just a, a great guy. So we're happy to have him uh, join me again here on the show. Uh, please welcome my very special guest, Joshua Dockstater. Good evening, Joshua. How are, How are you? I'm, I'm good, doing very you. well. I Good. I hope uh, you're uh, a little better this week. Much better, thank you. Uh, good. Well, I was glad you're able to. We were able to get you on so quickly, um, and uh, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, I was glad to have you, and I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, let's give for those that maybe are not familiar with Harbor Shores. Maybe just give a little background, uh, an overview of the club, and then we'll get into some specific stuff. Sure. Uh, Harbor Shores was. Uh, I guess uh, the vision came about many years ago, a couple decades ago, through the leadership at Whirlpool um, and basically taking what was once an, uh, a thriving town in Benton Harbor, um, you know, and, of course, the, the home and headquarters of Whirlpool. Um, when uh, industry left in the 60s and 70s, it, you know, all the jobs and everything went with it, and it really left its impact on the community there. And Whirlpool's commitment to the community was to help do whatever they could to help get things back up on track and uh, help revitalize the community, things like that. So the Harbor Shores uh, development was a huge part of that. It took them many years to uh, to get all the parcels together. It was 29 parcels that uh, that they ended up acquiring 
to uh, to build Harbor Shores, and uh, they broke ground, I believe, in 2006. So we're right at the height of um, the real estate bubble bursting. Um, you know, they committed to it. They stayed with it. They developed uh, Harbor Shores. They developed the golf course. It uh, expands 530 acres. It's a huge property. Um, I partnered with Jack Nicholas and his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only Jack Nicholas signature uh, design on Lake Michigan, uh, and it covers it covers all different types of terrains. Um, you know, as you play play the golf course and as you watch it this week on coverage, you can see that as well. Um, but ultimately, um, Harbor Shores is responsible for number one, creating jobs and economic growth and development in the community. Uh, the tourism sense has been booming in Southwest Michigan in this area, Ben Harbor and St. Joe. And then in addition to that, we, we also host a, a community charity golf event that's responsible for $2.5 million every year uh, that we raise in two days. Uh, and that fully funds the first tee that uh, services over 1,000 kids annually, also fully funds the Boys and Girls Club, and then also assists in three different school districts in their special programming. That's fantastic. Um, and, yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, it's got a Nicholas uh, design signature course, uh, the only one in Lake Michigan, and uh, that says a lot because, you know, uh, the Nicholas team obviously are great. Uh, I'm obviously familiar with a lot of their uh, courses around the United States, and I know when he comes in, his team comes in, uh, you're going to get a world-class uh, design. And um, I, I know that's uh, served you guys well over the years as well. Let's talk about, um, before we get into the um, the Senior PGA Championship, which is uh, uh, obviously uh, coming up, but um, let's talk about uh, there's been a community uh, economic revitalization. This is something that's been going on um, and has really helped to, to transform uh, the community along Lake Michigan. Talk about that, because a lot of money is being piled into this. So tell us a little bit about it. Give us some of the history of this and what it is that they're planning on doing and, and are doing. Sure. Like I said, you know, they, they broke ground in 2006 and started the development at Harbor Shores. Um, 29 different parcels make that up, and it's, it's almost 600 acres, the development in total. Um, but within, you know, it's not just the golf course. There's uh, plenty of other opportunities. Of course, the Inn at Harbor Shores, a 92-room um, luxury hotel right there in the marina. Uh, we have multiple uh, opportunities for development from home sites and things like that. Uh, we just uh, partnered again with Whirlpool to develop um, affordable uh, apartment housing. That's under construction right now, right there in the marina as well. And then we have three other parcels that uh, over the next two years will be developed as well. So it's, you know, since the course opened in 2010, um, to where it is today, it, it, it's gone gangbusters. Um, you know, we all know the the market and the housing market is is, is through the roof right now. But we were we were definitely right. seeing that prior to. And um, you know, being so close to Chicago, only 90 miles east of Chicago, I think you know that that has its uh, benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're going to draw a lot of uh, a lot of folks coming from that area that uh, want to have a, a a good experience, want to come out to the uh, Lake Michigan area uh, and you know, enjoy some golf or maybe uh, want to have another place that they can, uh, you know, call a second home even. Uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, folks are, are considering doing that as well. Um, sure. So let's talk about the uh, Senior PGA Championship, the 22, the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. Uh, that's uh, happening uh, pretty much right, right now. now, is it? <laughs> it's yep. right now. We have a... <laughs> 
first, I mean, no, first not first as round. we speak. They're not they're not playing right now. They're not playing right now, but um, this moment because it's a little bit later in the evening. But uh, today was the first round, correct? Today was the first round. The last group got off the golf course probably 20 minutes ago. Um, you know, we had a we had we were worried a little bit about the weather, but uh, as Lake Michigan does, it changes patterns very quickly, and it ended up being a beautiful day and a first round uh, for the championship. And you know, the scores uh, definitely prove that today with uh, with the leaderboard that we're looking at here. So it's it's setting up for a great weekend. You know, hoping to dodge a little bit more weather tomorrow. Again, Lake Michigan does some funny things, so we're hoping it, it works for us again tomorrow, and then get into the weekend where we have a, a tight race for. Uh, the most coveted uh, championship, major championship in senior golf. Yeah, and and the, these are uh, among the best players. We'll talk about a few of them that are uh, that are going to be there, uh, or are should say are there uh, in a moment. But um, you know, these are some of the best players from around the world that have uh, you know been part of the PGA Tour. Um, uh, platform, if you will, for, for many, many years. Now on the Senior PGA or the Champions Tour, as it's all, often been uh, called as well, that are coming together and uh, and literally uh, culminating at Harbor Shores uh, for probably one of the most prestigious events in senior golf. Um, so it brings a lot of the... Comp- and here's just a few uh, of, of the players that are going to be there. Uh, all four golfers who have won the championship at, at Harbor Shores are in the field this year. Uh, Roger Chapman, Colin Montgomery, Rocco Mediate, and Paul Broadhurst, uh, who won it uh, back in uh, 2018. Uh, so a lot of these guys are coming in uh, this week uh, to try and uh, battle it out, if you if you will, one more time. Uh, and also uh, Padre Harrington, who is the 2020 Ryder Cup captain uh, for Europe, is also going to be in the field. So you've got a, a lot of accomplished players that people will probably mo- know most, if not all, of their names. That adds a lot of excitement to the event as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. This is by far the best field that we've ever had contesting at Harbor Shores. So that's definitely exciting for us. And then you have the new, you know, the new ones on tour, Ernie Els. You know, you had mentioned, um, uh, in addition to Padraig Harrington, uh, Mike Weir. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. So it, it's great to see that, as well as our past champions um, competing in this event. And the PGA of America is also doing something, too, that maybe most people probably don't uh, realize, um, but they are offering free access to, to some of the fans that want to come out and watch the event um, for those folks that are 17 and under. So a lot of junior golfers that maybe look up to some of these guys and say, hey, I, you know, I want to see some of the action, uh, they're getting up and uh, up and I won't say in their face, but they're getting up there uh, and it's not costing them anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, with any grounds ticket, uh, 17 and under are, are free, uh, as well as any active uh, or retired military service. Right, which is uh, I was going to actually be my next point I was going to make as well. So all active duty, uh, military retirees, active reserve, National Guard, Department of Defense civilians, and accompanying guests uh, will also be admitted free of charge to the championship as part of the PGA of America's commitment uh, to various military initiatives and remembrance of uh, the men and women who have served in the United States Armed Forces. So uh, kudos to the uh, uh, PJ of America for honoring uh, many of the, not only uh, active, but uh, many of the uh, uh, retirees as well of the of U.S. military, all branches, of course. Um, and KitchenAid, of course, is the sponsor. Uh, they're br- putting some, some money in. Uh, now, 2020, of course, the event was canceled due to COVID, 
so this is making it extra special uh, coming back here this year uh, to sort of make up for, for that loss back in 2020. So um, they're obviously engaging and sponsored. Maybe you could talk a little bit about them as well. Yeah, you know, uh, Whirlpool KitchenAid, um, <clears throat> are, are, again, their commitment to the community is, it goes far beyond this week and uh, the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. But, you know, this week does allow us to spotlight, you know, South Michigan or Southwest Michigan, uh, the area, Benton Harbor, um, Harbor Shores, and, and all the different programming and things that we have going on. Uh, to actually, tonight there's a community concert uh, that they have going on that's that's free and open to the public. They're expecting seven to ten thousand people to attend. Um, you know, there, there's just uh, community events all week surrounding this championship. And you know, after a four-year hiatus, the uh, the excitement couldn't be bigger. Um, we have 1,200 volunteers that make this happen, and they're all, of course, I shouldn't say all, a lot of them are local, um, but they understand the importance that it brings to the community and, and again, that, that notoriety, that recognition of the community and going above and beyond. And, and you know, we've heard multiple players <clears throat> say that they just love coming here because of the hospitality, because of the way they're treated and the way that uh, just people interact with them. Right, and there's a lot of, I mean, I just scraped the surface, but there's a lot of uh, big names um, uh, Alex Ketchka, uh, who was the 2021 uh, Senior Championship uh, uh, champion, sorry, was uh, is also uh, uh, coming. Uh, but also, you've got some other uh, notables as well: uh, Rich Beam, Sean, uh, M- uh, Michael, uh, Y Yang uh, are also uh, there, and uh, Bernhard Langer, Freddie Couples, Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize, uh, Jose Maria uh, Olathebel, and Mike Weir, of course, from Canada. So you've got a lot of uh, really uh, top-notch talent that everybody, as I said, would, would recognize that follows golf uh, are going to be uh, playing in this event. So it's definitely um, uh, going to be a very interesting event to, to watch. Now, there's also, you were, you were touching on this, but maybe you could expand a little bit more. There's some additional activities. That, tell us a little bit more about the Kids' Day. Why is that so special? And that seems to be a fan favorite. Uh, definitely a fan favorite. So out on our uh, Dunes Hole 7, 8, and 9, we have the Kids', kids Zone out there. So there's a ton of activities for the kids, you know, whether that's face painting, bounce house, um, you know, just different activations, of course, golfzilla, uh, getting them introduced to the game of golf um, and just being around it. So it's, it's, it's definitely a fan favorite. Uh, that in addition to, you know, all the other activations with celebrity chefs, of course, KitchenAid, you know, the leader in, in, in kitchen appliances and things like that. They have a, a slew of celebrity chefs that come in all week and do cooking demonstrations. And um, there's always something to do, whether – whether you want to watch golf or not, you can find something to do. And that's taking place Saturday, May 28th. That's, again, going to showcase a, a series of special events. Uh, it's really uh, geared towards the younger generation of golf and, and of course, cooking fans, thanks to, to KitchenAid Whirlpool. <laughs> um, so how does uh, – let's say if, if you're a, a parent listening to the show right now and uh, maybe you thought, you know, hey, we didn't really have anything planned for this weekend. Can can they still get their kids involved in this? Can they still come out and, and enjoy it uh, Saturday? And do they need to do anything to sign up for any of the events, or do they just come up and show up and just enjoy? Yeah, you can just you just come on out. Uh, you can purchase tickets at the gate, or you can purchase them ahead of time on SPGA.com. Um, everything's a digital ticket, so you, you, you come in. Um, of course, uh, children are free under the age of 17. Um, and then we have trolley systems spread out because of the property being so big. We have trolley systems set up to take you all over the golf course, including the kids' zone out there on 7, 8, and 9. Uh, but I would encourage you this weekend, weather here is looking great. 
um, to uh, to get the kids out, uh, have a little bit of fun at the golf course. Um, you definitely won't be disappointed. Yeah, and and it, this is where you I think you really want to make it sort of a, a family affair. And and you know people, even if you're not um, what I would say a diehard golfer, um, maybe you don't play a lot, or maybe you're new to the game. This is a great opportunity to come and watch. I, I remember the very first time. Obviously, I, you know, I teach the game, and I've been involved in the game for many, many years. But I can remember as a young uh, youngster myself, the very first time I went to a, a you know, a, a professional event, and it was just amazing to watch uh, these guys. And I've been to uh, LPGA events as well, but uh, to watch either of them, the professionals. You know, out in the practice tee as they warm up for their rounds, and uh, and even if you're fortunate enough to get out um, and, and walk around uh, and watch them actually play, it's just incredible. You're going to see some great, great golf, and then everybody sort of circles around 18 uh, as things wind down each day and, and watch the players as they start to come in. Um, but there's just a lot, and it's a great opportunity for families too to to get out there and let the young kids see how these men and women, uh, obviously this weekend it's going to be the men, but, um, but just see how they, they conduct themselves out in the golf course. They're all uh, consummate professionals. Even when they hit some bad shots, they still manage to compose themselves and, and move on. So it's a great learning experience and a great opportunity, I think, for families to come out and spend some time. And then also they have some great activities as well that the kids can participate in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the one of the things I remember as a kid growing up, number one, you know, I, I grew up watching a lot of these players that are here, which, you know, for me is a, is almost a full, mm-hmm. full circle moment where, you know, you, you, you're watching, you know, Mike Weir win the Masters, and now he's on the range yep. and I'm standing right next to him as he's hitting balls. You know, some of those different things are, are, are surreal. But, you know, being a kid, coming in, grabbing a pin flag, grabbing a Sharpie, going and, and seeing the players, and they're just they're so great at interacting, you know, with with, with well, everybody, but kids specifically, and they know how important it is for the future of our game to be able to get them engaged and, and uh, you know, helping get them, you know, motivated to, to do something other than maybe stare at a screen. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. And in addition to, obviously, the Kids Dale, uh, Day, excuse me, uh, you have uh, the Makers Trail. Tell us about that. So the Makers Trail features local makers of uh, spirits, wine, and uh, breweries. Um, so there's, I think there's five different makers this year, um, North Pier Brewing Company, Watermark Brewing Company, Pete's uh, Cider Social, uh, Round Barn, and, uh, oh, Journeyman. Uh, so Journeyman does um, spirits, gins, rums, things along those lines. So the Makers Trail is on 17. 17 uh, is a great par three. I'm sure there will be a ton of action there this week. Um, and it's, a, it's an upgraded ticket where you can go and have a, a view of the 17th green watching uh, the shots come in on the par three, but then also access to those makers and then also a food truck and, and things like that. So it's just another opportunity to, uh, to enjoy the championship. Well, and, that, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, there's a lot of things. There's something there for the, for the younger generation, for the kids, and then there's also something there uh, in addition to some great play, obviously, uh, for the adults as well. So I, I strongly urge if, if uh, the weather is going to be good, which it sounds like it's going to be up your way, I think that uh, this would be a great opportunity for uh, for families to head out and, and have a good time at the at the event. Um, are they doing anything? I mean, obviously they're going to get the the course ready or have gotten the course ready. Um, have you guys? I, I haven't really watched the the weather forecast, so you've, you've had some rain up there. So I imagine it's uh, soaked some uh, some of the course up a little bit. So probably the first round. I don't know if you had a chance to look at any of the scores. Not. Uh, 
Were they uh, having a tough time today, or was it a little bit easier day because of some of the wet conditions? I definitely think it played in their favor today, especially with, you know, we were supposed to get, uh, you know, like I said, weather that, that wouldn't be conducive to, uh, to good playing conditions, and that all moved out. The sun is shining, and it ended up being 72 degrees today. Um, you know, and, and, and you saw that, especially in the afternoon. In the morning, it was it was overcast. It was definitely a little bit windier. Those, those scores in the morning, we had a, a lump uh, finish at four under, uh, including, like, Chris DeMarco, um, Thomas Lavey, Dickie Pride, uh, and then this afternoon's wave that went out, uh, we saw scores jump up a little bit. Uh, Mike Weir posted the six under. Um, he's one shot back of, of Stephen Elker and Bob Estes at seven under. So there's, uh, like I said, that, that front page on the leaderboard includes Miguel and El Jimenez, Ernie Els, uh, Woody Austin, Brant Joe, Bernhard Longer, Padre Harrington, KJ Choi. I mean, it's, it, like I said, it's gearing up to be something else. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a great event, and um, I think a lot of people are going to uh, are going to have a good time, and uh, rightly so. I think you know, um, with everybody sort of um, having to hunker down the, these last couple of years, it's going to be nice for a lot of the folks to be able to get out and enjoy a, a great event, and and again watching some of the best uh, players of of all time uh, get out there and, and battle it out. Um, you know, on this uh, senior uh, PGA event. And, of course, uh, you know, again, being a, Na- uh, a Nicholas uh, signature golf course, you know it's going to be challenging. Um, uh, I imagine that you've had a, an opportunity over your time to, to play there. What's some of the challenges? I mean, obviously these guys are, are much better than most out there, but what are going to be some of the challenging holes uh, for most of the golfers out there, do you think? Well, again, a lot just depends on the wind uh, and where it's coming from. You know, the wind can switch uh, in a matter of, of hours. Um, there's definitely winds that are more helpful today. The south wind um, made every par five uh, down downwind, which, you know, of course is helpful. Um, when you get winds out of the north or out of the east, it changes the golf course significantly. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's a huge factor. Outside of that, you know, the landing areas are substantial. Uh, there's not really a whole lot of navigating off the tee, uh, you know, of course, fairway bunkers and things along those lines, but what really uh, will separate somebody from everybody else is distance control and their irons and approach shots. Um, and then if they do miss a uh, short game, we already know is, is a huge piece um, in putting and things like that. But the green complexes here are significant. They're large. Uh, they are complex, uh, very undulating, um, you know, I don't know how many uh, have seen the, the clip of Jack Nicholas making that putt uh, when Johnny Miller said mm-hmm. it couldn't be done. That was at Harbor Shores. And, and that green from the front to the back is the 10 to 12-foot vertical incline. Um, and it's almost wow. three separate greens put into one. And, and it, it's a it, it's a, a 15,000, 20,000-square-foot putting green um, on our 10th hole there today. So, it's it, you know, it, 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 again, it's, it's going to take – uh, precision uh, from from an approach side of things and distance control. If that happens with a hot putter, then you can you can make a good number. And uh, yeah, I, I actually remember seeing that uh, that video. <laughs> and yeah, that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty special. And um, I, I I probably would have been more shocked if it had been anybody else. But seeing that Jack designed the golf course, he obviously knew how that green was laid out. And and uh, not that you could stand there with a bucket of balls and do it every single time, but 
that was definitely something special. Um, obviously, at Harbor Shores, there's a lot of great dining experiences as well. Maybe touch on a few of those that, for those that want to come out there and, and uh, experience some of the great dining. Sure. Well, you know, at the golf course, we have the grill at Harbor Shores uh, that offers what I would call golfer's favorites, you know, um, sandwiches, uh, things along those lines that uh, you would expect to see at a, at a, at a high-end facility but done exceptionally well. Uh, we also have Jack's Place on the golf course that, that does the same, same type of thing. Uh, and then at the end at Harbor Shores, we have Plank's Tavern, uh, which is a little bit more of a um, upscale casual dining um, environment. And then uh, on the backside of the Inn at Harbor Shores, we have uh, uh, Tiki Tapas and Torches and um, Rise and Vine, which is a coffee shop there that offers some great um, homemade donuts and pastries and things like that in the morning. Uh, so there's definitely plenty of options here. And, and, and then, you know, of course, being in southwest Michigan, there's there's quite an array of, uh, of options for uh, for dining up and down downtown in St. Joe and, and Benton Harbor. And you mentioned also, too, and I know this is kind of getting a little bit away from, from things, but you mentioned about the real estate right now um, and some of the, the future development. If, uh, obviously, um, if somebody wants to learn more about that, uh, they can get connected through uh, through the website, of course, and and uh, mm-hmm. look at some of the properties and, and things like that. So uh, we'll let them do that. We'll give them the information uh, at the end. But um, uh, again, that's an opportunity if they're interested in, in maybe uh, uh, looking at some property there. Um, what would be if you had to put three a list of say three to five things that you would want to make sure that a guest coming to Harbor Shores uh, takes in. What would be on the bucket list if you were coming to Harbor Shores? Well, I think number one, our our beaches uh, here in Southwest Michigan rival some of the best beaches, you know, what I believe in in, in the world. Um, mm-hmm. You don't think of a of a, a Great Lake offering just an unbelievable beach setting, but Gene uh, Clock Park and and that's a beach we run and maintain here um, is is bar none. Um, better than than a lot that I've had the opportunity to visit. Um, Outside of that, you know, I I think just understanding what was here prior and what it is now Mm -hmm. and um, playing the golf course and being, you know, as, as guests play the golf course, there's, there's storyboards set up uh, on certain holes to help you understand what was there before. And, you know, for instance, on our 14th hole, it was an old um, uh, industry, or I should say an old building and factory that, uh, um, made radium dials for World War II airplanes. Um, so it was extremely toxic. Um, and basically when uh, when they decided to do this, there was a lot of cleanup involved, but that hole alone, uh, they removed enough waste to fill a football field 70 feet high. And just the removal of the waste cost $15 million um, to make it right. And, you know, now it's, it's, uh, it's an incredible piece of the golf course, but, you know, to see the wildlife, the, you know, um, all the, the fish and things like that in the Pawpaw River and, and you know, some of the things that had just left because of, of how it was was uh, treated prior and to see it all come back mm-hmm. and come back to life is, is truly exceptional. Yeah, and, and, and that's something that I think most people want to see when they're coming to uh, any sort of resort as they want, especially if they're not from the area. I mean, obviously people are familiar uh, that live up in that area, but people that are coming uh, from other parts of the country or even other parts of the world want to have a, you know want to experience sort of the uh, 
the local flavor of, of what's going on, everything from wildlife to you know cuisine and, and so forth. And uh, this is something that you guys obviously, and you're exactly right. I've I've been to South Michigan. Uh, haven't been there for a few years, but uh, have been there, and the beaches are are spectacular. So. Uh, and especially coming off of one of the Great Lakes, you wouldn't expect that as you would, you know, in, here in the Gulf of Mexico or something. But uh, no, they've got some great beaches sure. there, so uh, a lot of good things happening. And then obviously you you offer uh, something for those that want to unwind and maybe uh, either after a, a rough day of golf or maybe their partner's coming and maybe they don't play golf and they just want to unwind. You've got a great spa there as well. Talk about a little bit about that. Sure, a full service spa uh, offering anything. Uh, that you would expect, you know, like I said, in a high-end resort. You know, in addition to that, we have wine tours that we can set up uh, through our concierge services. We have kayak rentals. We have, of course, watercraft rentals, whether that's boat, jet ski, or things like that. Um, Just being here on the water allows us the opportunity to do so many different things. So, you know, whether you like golf or not, um, you know, or I should say if you have a a spouse that's split, doesn't want to deal with the whole golf thing, (laughs) we can fill their day with other things that they would enjoy, including – you know, shopping in downtown St. Joe and, and, and the Arts District in Benton Harbor, um, and, and there's something for everyone without question. Yeah, and that's what you want. You want, um, obviously, uh, a lot going on in the resort, but things in, the, in around the resort, too, that are available uh, should people want to venture out uh, uh, and, uh, and spend a couple of hours somewhere. Uh, there's, you're close by to everything and, and a lot of different other activities as well, but it sounds like it's going to be a, a great event uh, this weekend. Again, the first round started today and uh, got the kids' day on, on Saturday. And for the, uh, for the makers uh, uh, as well that want to uh, up, up, up their, uh, the ante, if they will, a little bit and have some fun, uh, they can do that as well. Um, Joshua, any final thoughts? Then we're going to give them the information uh, on how they can uh, go to the website. We'll give that information and, and let them uh, uh, see for themselves. Sure. No, I think ultimately, you know, number one, if you have the opportunity to come out this uh, this weekend and experience the best and legends of the game, uh, play play the golf course, I would definitely recommend it. Bring the kids out. There's something for everyone. Um, you know, spouses can get engaged with the KitchenAid Fairway Club and the, the cooking demonstrations and the uh, celebrity uh, chef guests that we have. And then in addition to that, uh, if you can't make it out this weekend, try and, and do your best to make it out at some point. Um, there's there's no better story in, in, in golf uh, when it comes to revitalization of a community and assistance in a community. And, you know, I think it's, it's something you have to see to believe. I know that um, when I, I was, you know, working with the PGA of America and a couple others uh, in placement and as the general manager of Harbor Shores, I read the story, but I truly didn't understand it and grasp it until I came on site. And I think it's uh, you, when you come here and you see the uh, the property, its expansiveness, and like I said, what was here before and what's here now, it, there's, it's truly, truly a miracle. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's a beautiful resort, and with a lot of different things that nature trails for those that like to stay in shape and get some walk, walking in, uh, and uh, canoes and kayaks uh, are available to rent as well. So there's there's a little something for everybody, and you also have a a marina as well for those that have boats that uh, want to tie up and, and enjoy that, um, and obviously some fishing charters and things like that. So uh, even if you don't golf, there's plenty to do. And uh, the uh, website is harborshoresresort.com. That's harborshoresresort.com, and all of the information's there. And if you get a chance, if you're up in the Michigan area and you're close by and you want to go and watch 
Uh, again, some of the best uh, players on the Senior PGA Tour, they're going to be there at the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship this weekend uh, at Harbor Shores uh, Resort in Michigan. Joshua, um, thank you for, for coming on tonight, and I, um, I'm glad. I hope, hopefully whatever, whatever was uh, uh, bugged you had last week hopefully has passed on by and, and you're on the mend now, but I appreciate you taking time and, and sharing a little bit of uh, information about Harbor Shores with my audience tonight. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and you're always welcome to come back. No, I really appreciate it, feeling much better and, and excited for a, a great championship this weekend and uh, an even more exciting finish. So thanks for the opportunity, and, and always a pleasure. Not a problem. And uh, have, enjoy, the, uh, enjoy the tournament this weekend, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of exciting golf. I know I'm going to be tuning in on television. I'm not going to be there in person, but I'm going to be tuning in this weekend uh, on TV. So, uh, Joshua, thank you very much for joining me tonight on Golf Talk Live. Again, it's always a pleasure. Be well, my friend, and enjoy your weekend. All right. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, Joshua Doxater, the general manager at Harbor Shores Golf Club in Michigan. And, again, it's the home this weekend of the uh, KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship uh, it is going to be televised, but if you're up in the area, make a point of going there. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, kids 17 and under uh, get admitted for free, so there's no cost to them. There's a kids' day uh, if you want to uh, have some activities for them on Saturday, May the 28th. Uh, there's going to be things for them to do. And as Joshua mentioned, uh, you're going to see uh, really what uh, some great revitalization has done to the local area. If you're not familiar with it, uh, you can learn a little bit about the history while you're there as well. I'm sure they'll be excited to talk to you a little bit about that. And there's also some great YouTube videos as well that you can go to Harbor Shores uh, Overview uh, and the Harbor Shores Brownfield Development. There's also some YouTube uh, videos that you can search out there as well. But thanks, everybody, for joining me tonight. And, uh, again, thanks to... Uh, Clint Wright for joining me on the uh, Coach's Corner panel earlier. Uh, always a great job, uh, Clint. And uh, also to my special guest, Joshua Dockstater, uh, General Manager at Harbor Shores Golf Club. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. God bless, and I will see you next week right here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. We'd like to thank this week's Coach's Corner panel, and a special thank you to tonight's guest. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. And be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on Golf Talk Live, send Ted an email at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.